Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guests. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 123, I believe. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Sam Ahmed. And I'm Mark Derrickett. Welcome along, guys. Good to have you both here. Good to be here. Good to be here as well. Uh, now, um, for the benefit of our audience, some of them may not know who either of you are, or they may who well, know, know who... everybody knows. Or they you. may know who one of you is and not the other. Uh, so, Sim, just remind us uh, where you fit into the technology world. Uh, I'm a technology journalist, uh, the tech editor at Ideologue magazine, and also the digital editor at Stop Press. So uh, I am their official tech ninja. It's on my business card. Uh, I, although I wanted something more, you know, appropriate, but tech ninja is what I'm called. Tech ninja sounds cool. And and you're uh, you're dabbling in a bit of uh, software development somewhere on the on the side there. I yeah. I, I thought I'd need some geek cred sometime soon, so people just don't call me uh, a, a you know tech journal with no actual tech ability. So I've been working on a magazine app. It's uh, HTML5 and CSS and JavaScript inside of a native container. So if you guys want help with something like that, come hit me up. I'll talk to you all about it. Sounds so geeky. Um, <laughs> so geeky indeed. And Mark, tell us uh, where you fit into the um, the geekosphere the or the technology world. Well, I'm a software developer with um, SMX email um, and also co-run the Illegal Argument uh, Java Development Podcast. Very cool. Well, thank you for, thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. Uh, now, uh, let's let's jump in. Uh, all sorts of news going on around the world and around the country this week. Uh, first up, Facebook Home has landed. Yes, uh, it seems that you two weren't very impressed when we were just talking about it before. And neither was uh, Pat Pilcher from Wellington and then Zed Herald, who actually called it a failure, which seems strange to me considering i think it just launched last friday or saturday our time it's, it's only just launched so to be fair i haven't had a huge amount of time to play with it uh the the two initial failures i had with it i tried to load it onto the galaxy s4 uh, and it refused so i tried to load it onto my galaxy note 2 uh, the 4g edition and it also refused on that one uh so yeah, I don't think they've got all the different versions of it, you know, quite uh, available yet. But I loaded onto the Galaxy S3, and it, uh, it it seems to run really nicely on there. So you installed that through the App Store, did you not? Uh, no, it wasn't in the App Store. No, there was a link on from their Facebook application that links to it, but then it just says it's region locked. So the link that I followed within the app, I went to the Facebook app. Uh, so for the oh, just we should sort of slide back a little bit. So Facebook Home is the new face of Android for Facebook users, I suppose. It's a way to rebrand and re you know change the the look and feel of your uh, of your Android phone. So it's a basically makes it into a Facebook phone. Yeah. Uh, for those that are on um, an iPhone or Windows phone or other platforms, you know such a thing doesn't doesn't exist. Uh, so. There we are, back. Now we can go forward again. Um, so, uh, yeah, a, a little bit complicated to get installed. But what I found was if I went to the, uh, the the Play Store, which, you know, where we install the apps on on Android, and I found the Facebook app, there was a link in there. When I clicked that link, it took me to a web page that I was then able to um, uh, go through and, and point at which of my, I think, seven Android phones on the list that I wanted it installed to. Um, I'm not currently running seven Android phones. I think I'm I'm down to three or four now. So, um, so I picked. Um, I went through and uh, I tried loading it onto uh, 
a number of them until the S3. So uh, the only one uh, that I haven't tried it on is the HTC uh, 1X, and uh, we're still waiting on an HTC One for review, which hopefully we'll have soon. So, uh, yeah, Mark, what were, what were your sort of uh, standout thoughts? My, my initial thoughts was it's a gorgeous application. It's probably one of the best-looking Android applications that I've actually seen running. Um, the first thing that I kind of noticed is that... Um, it's very bandwidth intensive, and that's actually there's actually a setting in there. Say, do you want extremely high bandwidth or low bandwidth or minimal bandwidth? Kind of right, stuff. because like, it's constantly hmm. downloading photos. So if you're not on Wi-Fi, you're out and about, you're going to potentially burn through your data cap, uh, yeah. you know, on your mobile uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, and I'm not a big Facebook user, but. Um, I did notice it was like pulling in everything from my main feed. And I was like, well, actually, I'd like to just limit this down to my family so I see photos of my niece or other kind of things like that that I'd want rather than random photos from other people I've just randomly followed. Right. So there's that definitely like some, a v- version two some opportunities yeah. there for the next version, aren't there? Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, to be fair, this is very much their, their, their first release. I think it's been touted for a long time that we're getting a Facebook phone. Well, uh, really, now you can, you will, uh, you know, eventually be able to turn virtually any Android uh, handset into into a Facebook phone. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's 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 what it's giving us. Um, what about the chat heads? Very cute. Um, they actually that comes along with Facebook Messenger, which is not actually Facebook Home. And so, chat heads. Um, Whenever you get a new Facebook message or an SMS message, it just pops up a little 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 circle with your face, the face of your contact, and it's just kind of floating on the display on the desktop. So it's over the top of whatever you're in. Yeah, I found that I found this quite uh, useful because that that part, as you say, um, can be installed quite separately uh, to Facebook Home, although it is an integral, uh, you know, part of that overall experience. Uh, so, for instance, I was running that on the Galaxy S4. Uh, and yeah, if I get a, it merges together your Facebook chats and your SMS, doesn't it? Yep. And uh, you know, regardless of what you get, it just pops up the little uh, the little face. Uh, or if it doesn't doesn't have a picture, you get a little um, you know appropriate icon, uh, such as for for an SMS message. Uh, and I found that actually worked quite well. Initially, I wondered whether it would be annoying having this. Uh, uh, face sort of you know floating on the screen in the way of things, but you can slide it out sort of you know and it'll um, and and get Move rid of it if you want to. Uh, but it it does seem to work work reasonably well. So it's it's quite a different approach, I've got to say, uh, than 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 what we've had before. But it certainly brings those instant type messages right up front and 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 makes them yeah really instant messages. Yeah, and it looks a million times better than uh, the last attempt of by Facebook and HTC which is one of the partners in uh, delivering Facebook Home initially, uh, which was uh, the HTC Cha-Cha. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes. That yeah. was a horrible, horrible mistake by everyone. There was so, one with a keyboard on it and so on. Keyboard right? and a little random button that had a Facebook Fa- logo. Facebook, yeah. And it started Facebook. Button. So this yeah. is a much needed improvement from that poor design. Mm. So, I mean, Facebook is that, um, you know, that app that, uh, you know, I guess virtually everyone uses. You know, it's the... Almost been touted as something that will, uh, or one of the things that will uh, destroy email. And you know, I guess there are a lot of people that don't uh, use email, sort of certainly personally, uh, to the extent that we once did because of uh, because of Facebook. So um, it's good to see uh, new stuff rolling out in this uh, in this area. Now, uh, moving along, two degrees uh, just launched something in the uh, in the last 
uh, last 24 hours or so, I suppose. Uh, roll over data plans. Either of you using two degrees? Yes. Uh, no, not yet, no. I, I'm on a two degrees business plan, so... So I, how do I, you feel about that? Is this, does this uh, apply to you? I, I was looking through that. I, I, I'm to go to my IT guy and get him to explain it to me if we do get the carryover stuff. I have a funny feeling we don't quite yet. But when I was on a personal plan and I had my two degrees data, I had about 1.25 gigs. It was on a special, so I got 250 megabytes extra. Great plan. It was 40 bucks got heaps of texts heaps of calls mm. and now if i don't use all of it i get a bit more the next month yeah that's pretty cool isn't it and it, and it lasts for a year you get to keep carrying over so you could, the you data could, for a you year you can build it up for a while yeah, yeah. just, no, I, just I think, don't run facebook it's a great great concept and uh, you know it's good to see continuing uh, innovation from uh, from two degrees and we heard this was one of the last things that uh, eric hertz uh, you know was involved in working on and uh, yeah just another great thing we've, we've seen a whole bunch of cool stuff come out from uh, from two degrees and it, it's certainly helping to keep the market uh, you know competitive here in, in New Zealand of course last week we also heard about um, you know something that initially two degrees launched which was that um, you know ability to share uh, one data allocation across multiple sim cards that uh, telecom are expecting to launch something similar uh, in conjunction with their uh, 4g LTE launch later on in the year so that's so a good thing too does the shared data work with the the rollover and the shared data? I can't see why it wouldn't, but it's not something that we've looked into. So you would need to, uh, you know, double check your yeah. your plans and so on. But I I can't see any reason why, uh, yeah, why you couldn't do that. So uh, now we're talking lots of mobile stuff actually, uh, and another one is uh, Google have made available um, their Play Music store here in New Zealand finally yeah. it's been a while for them to come to the market hasn't it because we've had about music months. available from you know quite a number of, of others obviously subscription services like Spotify and Xbox Music um, and Audio Pandora yeah um, so a few and of those iTunes, and, then, and then and then you know able to buy music through iTunes through uh, the Xbox music um, you know store as well uh, so and and obviously a number of uh, local stores uh, including um, is it Marbex that just um, they had their uh, their digital uh, music store that I think has uh, just been announced so that will shut down at the uh, at the end of the month. I also heard that Marbex themselves are shutting down as well. So that that is true. That is true. So uh, yeah. So we're sort of um, we're seeing a little bit of uh, yeah consolidation in that uh, in that space. But yeah, it seems to be the big international players uh, like Google that are likely to uh, you know to to stick around longer term. There's one interesting thing with the Google Music. Uh offer which is the track syncing ability and the um, google says it'll match up to twenty thousand of your songs i think it's twenty thousand of your songs in your itunes or music library and it'll just load it in, in its cloud service so you don't have to upload it and then you can listen to it from there and carry it anywhere which is interesting this is free you don't have to pay for your music again you've already paid for it but with itunes or whoever you bought it from slash downloaded it not so legally and and google will just match it which is pretty awesome i, well, think. I think that's a great in- innovation and what it you know what it says to me is that uh, Google is serious about bringing customers over, uh, you know, to using their ecosystem because 
you know, by giving this out for free, people are going to come over and just get that because it's free. And then, you know, going forward are more likely to be, uh, you know, to be buying uh, you know, from Google. And I can see that it's one of the bigger biggest hurdles for somebody who's lived in the Apple and uh, iTunes ecosystem for the last decade would be, I've got 10 years worth of music. What would I do with it on Google? So they've answered the question for you. Come bring it to us. Mm. I think Microsoft have, have had a similar thing on the cards. I'm not... Uh, not sure if it actually has has fully uh, launched yet because I know their um, their music rollout was sort of staggered with various pieces coming over time. Uh, but I yeah I can't recall um, what their pricing situation was in in their case. I think it was probably leveraging um, you know existing uh, storage SkyDrive and and uh, and so on. So it's probably something we should do a bit of a comparison now that so uh, there's I, I a few new Amazon offers Music, in the market. I think Amazon Music now also does something similar as well. Yeah, Amazon give you, I think, is it, uh, it's either two gigs or uh, or five gigs worth of, uh, worth of storage for music. But they also are doing something where you can scan your collection and have instant play or something as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of similarities across these, these services, aren't there? And, I mean, to the point where uh, I think we're somewhat confused by exactly what the differences are. Uh, and that is one of the challenges in being in a market like New Zealand. It's a bit smaller. Uh, it's a little bit hard to work out uh, what exactly what everyone's doing without putting a bit of time into it. So uh, I guess that uh, suggests we probably need to put a little bit of a time into it and figure it out. So uh, we'll put that on the to-do list. Uh, now, in the telecommunications space, uh, one of our biggest uh, of the the not the the biggest of the not the biggest. Um, <laughs> the tier two players. The tier two oh, yeah. players. All right. Um, we'll call it call it that. Uh, Orcon, their sale was completed last week. I know we've spoken about this in in recent weeks. And, uh, you know, we'd had word that uh, pretty much the deal was, was done. Well, it's completely done now. And... Um, a group led by um, by Warren, a group of business uh, people led by uh, Warren Hurst has uh, has made that acquisition uh, that was announced uh, just yesterday, uh, and uh, we're hearing that the numbers um, involved were somewhere in the thirty to thirty five million dollar uh, range for that purchase. So uh, you know the government have um, have made a little bit of profit on that deal, I suppose, and uh, probably pocketed some. Um, uh, some you know some profits from uh, from having owned Orcon over the, over those last uh, uh, six years or so as well. Um, anything of interest there from from your perspective on uh, on this one, Sim? Uh, just a just the whole idea of uh, Cordia, which owned Orcon until this point, going back to business. So they're going back to their B two B roots. They've got a large business in Australia doing infrastructure and. Um, uh, network infrastructure there uh, and that's kind of where they want to focus that's where the big money uh, big dollars are that's where they have to be because uh, uh, Paul Brislin from Two Ants is saying quite often that there's no room for anybody below the tier one players like Telecom, Vodafone and uh, Call Plus and Slingshot uh, Call Plus which is Slingshot uh, so these smaller players are having to either move out or diversify into such small niches it's not really worth being at, at the size that Orcon is at right now. So um, it just will be interesting to see how this space ships, uh, shapes up in the next couple of uh, months as mm. well. Yeah, yeah, see if anybody else does something similar. We've been hearing some positive things in, in terms of where they're, where they're hoping to uh, take the business, that they, you know, they're expecting to grow it and so on. 
you know, Warren certainly has a has an interesting sort of history within the tech space. Uh, starting out many years ago, I believe, as a, a linesman in the early uh, uh, post office days, uh, who sort of you know worked his way up through yeah. through the industry. So, um, you know, some some interesting experiences there, I'm sure. Um, I have asked Orcon to uh, to see if they can uh, have someone join us on the show next week, so we can hear a little bit more around that. So, um, so the plan is that we will probably have uh, Quinton Reed from uh, from Orcon here. And uh, we'll find out a little bit more uh, more detail about what that uh, what that actually means. Uh, at this stage, that you know, it's only really just uh, just finalised. So there's not not a you know a huge amount to come uh, to come out of it. I think um, you know it seems seems likely that they'll uh, they'll probably consolidate their their office a little bit. I think they're spread across two offices at the moment, so they'll consolidate into one. Uh, but uh, yeah, other than that, we'll uh, we'll wait to hear from uh, from Orcon for a bit more. Yeah, I guess it's a bit too early to hear if there's going to be any like plan changes or things that are actually going to affect consumers. I, I know that uh, I've talked to Cordia at least, and they're saying that there won't be any bus- uh, any job losses as a part of this plan, which is, which is good because if somebody promises that, they have to either live by it or die by it. <laughs> so I'm hoping they uh, live by it. And uh, it seems what they're going to do is move the few Orcon staff that work in the Cordia HQ back to work on HQ and just split off and it'll be a business as usual situation. Mm. So that's good for the customers for now. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and um, a bit of a local, another local story. Uh, this one, wow, how do we, it's, it's, we're talking about Weedle. Um, yeah, a, a really funny name. Uh, the Pokemon. Mark, interesting t- tell us uh, the, the light in which Weedle was discussed uh, last week at the Code Media um, Developers Conference. Well, it was a... It, in, a t- in a semi-polite manner. In, in, in a polite way, it wasn't really referred to in a positive light. It's kind of referred to as now being a synonym for doing it wrong. Right. Because, a, because when, they, when they first launched last year... Uh, they had all sorts of security hassles and and issues with their initial uh, their initial website, and it was quickly uh, shut down, wasn't it? Indeed, I did see a, a, a notice that they said that they've re-engaged the same security company to do the new audit, and I was kind of like sitting there thinking there was a security audit on the previous site. So oh, I think they must have done a security audit after I'm everyone assume, complained. I'm assuming that was afterwards, not not, yes. not before they launched. So uh, let, let's hope that's the case. Anyway, yeah. so um, I mean, standing back from the the you know the I guess the uh, um, the emotion around what happened last time. Uh, Sim, what's your your sort of pick from a, you know if we look at it purely from a business perspective of how much of a chance does Weedle have of being able to compete with Trade Me because they've set themselves up very much to be the, the competitor to trade me. Well, we have to look at this. Just, uh, I think it was last month or the month before, APN Seller went out of the business, went, completely took themselves off the uh, online auction game. So Seller, seller so, was really the, the number existing two, incumbent yeah. uh, competitor to trade me, right? Y- yeah, so uh, it, they're off. So it, trade me right now has little to no competition even with seller there was very little competition it has monopoly it has the scale and in new zealand once you have scale that's the monopoly because we're so small it does you can't grow outside of that but where um i see weedle might have a chance is if it runs as a small business as something that earns small bits of money for a few business people who have some time 
uh, it, it could be a, a good investment. But I don't see that with the kind of investors behind it, like uh, the, the founder of Main Freight and things like that. It seems like they want to be a legitimate uh, trade me threat, which would be you know five to ten to fifteen percent of the market, like I don't, coming out all, all guns blazing and kind of like yeah. on the attack kind of thing. But I don't think there's any room for that. There are a lot of people. There's an undercurrent of uh, people in New Zealand who hate trade me as success fees and uh, the p- amount of power they have because of their position. They're they might say they'll move, but who will move? Because uh, if I have an auction on the site, I want it to be sold. I don't really care if the percentage looks bad to me. I want it to be sold. I'd rather have 100 people look at my auction and sell it than have nobody and feel good about having no success fees. And well, yeah. feel that's same for a lot mm. of people in New Zealand. What's your pick, Mark? Are you going to uh, are you going to quit Trade Me for uh, for Weedle? Well, I don't actually use Trade Me to start with, so um, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think Weedle probably not taking that fast and big attack, but like start, starting small and just getting like get enough auctions on there and get enough people actually using the site again, so that they can actually get a grassroots movement and probably like come up from from the ground up and take over. I think there's an, enough. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, legacy in Trade Me that it's got the mind share. So you think trade and exchange? Oh, trade and exchange. Well, trade and exchange is gone. Oh, trade me. Ah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's. Um, it seems. Yeah, very hard. Very hard to compete with. And as uh, some said, you know, seller tried. They've. You know, they failed to the point where they've just. You know, pulled themselves out of that space. I think everyone wants there to be a competitor to trade me because it's. It's good. To have competition in this sort of uh, in the in this sort of space as it is in, yeah. in just about every other field, uh, but yeah, there aren't a whole lot of indicators that would say that this is anything that's easy to do. If they manage to pull it off, I think this will be you know full credit to uh, to the Weedle team and and to their founders. Uh, that they've worked extremely hard, that they've really pushed and promoted themselves out there, and they've done some really innovative things in terms of promotions and and other things because this would not be an easy thing to achieve. I I think the word you touched on there is innovation and innovative. If uh, people are going to take notice of Weedle and think of it as something as a serious competitor that needs to be uh, something that defines it as different to Trade Me, as better than Trade Me. I was looking through it. I signed up again. It's feels to me like a trade me clone uh an ebay clone something like that if there was some sort of social integration something uh that pulled me away from the trading website maybe i could trade Mm. with friends on twitter or facebook these are ideas that you know somebody's thought of somewhere but yeah i think these things are the only way that somebody can uh, a company can compete with trade me right now beat them by innovating and i Uh, guess the 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 opportunity here if they pulled it off then the opportunity would be to go after the big guns in other countries, right? Because we see similar monopolies in, in virtually every market in the online auction space. You know, in the US, it's eBay. Uh, Australia, it's eBay as well. Uh, I mean, eBay has been very successful in a lot of markets. Uh, and I think it's Yahoo in, uh, in Japan, Yahoo Auctions, if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, these tend to be monopoly-type markets. So if they could get something right here, and then export it and do a similar thing in other markets, they would have a multi-billion dollar business. But the challenge... Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> that, but the, 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 you know, but that, that's the potential. But I think that the challenge of actually even achieving it in New Zealand, uh, yeah, most of us 
would would agree after the you know so many trade me you know would be trade me competitors that have that have tried in the past um yeah it, it would require some extreme uh innovation really to to achieve it so uh all the best to them uh now moving moving along uh thanks to everyone who's participated in our audience uh survey um there have been hundreds of you now we were going to announce their winners tonight um, we actually are unable to do so on the podcast because in an effort to uh, to keep the survey nice and quick and easy to fill out, uh, there was no space for anyone to put their name in, just, <laughs> just an email address. Uh, so we've kept it very, very light. Uh, so we will be emailing the three, uh, the three winners. Um, thanks again to, uh, to Two Degrees for the, uh, for the Google Nexus uh, 4 handset um, that they've let us uh, give away uh, to Vodafone for the HTC 8X and to Telecom uh, New Zealand for the uh, Nokia Lumia 920. So uh, we will be in touch with the, uh, with the winners uh, very shortly and uh, working out how to get those, uh, those new gadgets into your hands. Um, yeah, apologies, we can't uh, mention any names. Uh, we will ask the winners uh, so we can, uh, we can make that announcement uh, maybe for, uh, for, for next week. Um, now, jumping into, uh, into new, uh, new gadgets. Uh, now, I've got um, three or four things to chat about here, um, three of which I did cover off for those who, um, who caught um, first line Early on Monday morning, you could see a very small little visual snippet of uh, of these. Um, so, in in reverse order, uh, the I'm Watch, which we're actually not going to cover in any detail uh, today, because I've left it uh, I've left it at home. I'm just wearing my normal watch today. Uh, so we'll have a, we'll have a chat about that one next week. But that's a uh, an Android uh, handset out of Italy, which is kind of a, kind of an interesting. Uh, it doesn't kind of look very product. Italian. It's quite big and chunky, isn't it? Yeah, it's not very uh, Ferrari. It's more uh, industrial Chevrolet. <laughs> you, yeah. All right. Um, and right now, the the other uh, the other one is the Samsung Galaxy S four, which you guys are having been having a little bit of a uh, uh, a play with there. I've been um, trying it out over the last uh, few days, uh, and. Um, I quite like this handset. I think um, I think Samsung are in with an, with another uh, winner here. Um, Some you've had a little bit of a play around with it. What sort of your initial sort of um, you know opinion? Just to, you know the feel and uh, well, and we've got two uh, Galaxy S threes here in your studio, and uh, next to them, it, I wouldn't be able to tell from most distances that difference. So that's quite interesting. It's very similar to the S3. So if you use that, you'll get an idea of the size and the feel. But it's something that I quite like is uh, the new, uh, almost the sheer edge, which is very iPhone-esque. It feels nice to, nicer to hold for me. Uh, in terms of what I was using it last week, uh, although maybe I'm not allowed to tell people you had it last week. but um, Too late. Uh, too late. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Sam. No problems. It, it was very nice. It was very slick. It was very quick. It, it seems great. The camera works well. I, I wasn't particularly excited, but then again, I only had a small play with it in the car. So it didn't grab me, but I, I can see them rolling another 10, 20 million units out the door this year. Easy. Yeah, my my initial thoughts, are, which is kind of what I had when I was watching the launch, and coming from the S3, it doesn't look like it's a mu- major upgrade so going from the s3 i don't think there'd be any point 
migrating up, maybe to the the next version. But if you've got an iPhone or any other kind of handset, then this would actually be a really gorgeous device. Uh, Paul, is this the octa-core or the quad-core version you've got here? So in in New Zealand, we're getting the 1.9 gigahertz um, quad-core okay. uh, based system. They're going to be um, all carriers are, are launching, uh, I believe, the same um, you know, v- effectively the same device, uh, which is their 4G capable, so that um, you know bo- bodes well as carriers other than Vodafone uh, also launch uh, 4G LTE into the market here in New Zealand. Uh, you know, such as Telecom, who have you know made made their announcement for uh, launch later on in the year, uh, and it's a 16. Uh, it's got 16 gigs worth of storage. And of course, there's there's you know room in there to put um, you know put your micro SD card and expand that storage. Um, other sort of you know specs uh, that that screen, which um, you know as you said, the sort of the size of the handset is very similar to the S3. Um, yeah, slightly smaller uh, actually, but it, they managed to increase the screen up from 4.8 to uh, to five inches, and it's that full high definition, full HD screen. So you've got a whole lot more that squeezes onto that screen um, than in the than in the S3, and it is a really gorgeous screen. I think it's the kind of thing that you you won't notice it until you've used it for a while, and then maybe go back to an S3 and go, "Holy man, eBooks look so much nicer. W- watching movies, so much more clarity." I don't know. It, it's amazing with the photos. I did um, over the weekend. I I took a lot of photos, like hundreds of them, on there. Uh, and took quite a bit of um, video. The extra battery life in it really, you know, really stand out. It's really good uh, from a battery perspective. And yeah, you can use it lots. And um, yeah, you don't hit that uh, that wall of it sort of running out. Uh, you know, quite quite so quickly. The the battery's really good. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I, that was a bit that sort of surprised me that you've got a smaller device, but. Uh, you know they've squeezed in a, a bigger battery and a, and a and a bigger screen and so on. And because it's Samsung, you can pop off the back, put in a spare battery if you ever need it. Like you're spending a day at a conference or mm. something, which is why I got initially the first S Galaxy S, and uh, why I continue to hate everything else I've had since because I always need more battery. And great. Keep going about it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know that that Samsung is sort of positioning themselves maybe. You know, if it were the car world, as sort of the Toyota um, with with the you know with their top models like the S4 is kind of being the Lexus uh, you know type class uh, you know devices. They they you know they they really uh, you know seem to be aimed at you know really right across the board of consumers. You know they've got the lower end um, you know smartphones up to the high end, and um, you know they're really flexible and, and and suitable for lots of things. So. Yeah. Well, if you have uh, enough mud in your hand, something's bound to stick when you throw it out a wall. <laughs> well, they've certainly made a lot of devices, right? But they yeah. seem they seem to be selling them. So well, there's um, about twenty different screen sizes across their entire range mm. of different devices. Like, what one do I go for? And wasn't this? Well, of course, they want you to go yeah. for for the S4, which uh, we know is launching here in New Zealand at eleven hundred and forty nine dollars. So that's a really premium. Uh, uh, you know, price point and in, into this market. That's about two hundred dollars more than. Uh, the Xperia Z, a uh, hundred and something more. Uh, I think. Yeah, so yeah. we've got. Uh, I think the Xperia uh, Z is coming in at uh, nine hundred ninety nine. So yeah, yeah, one hundred and fifty dollar premium there. Um, the iPhone five with with the four inch screen and sixteen um, 
gigs worth of storage. I think is a thousand and thousand and forty nine. So you know, there's actually they're they're positioning it as the premium you know top end phone in the market. Uh, I you know I think that's got to be the main reason for putting that extra price uh, you know in there and making it the the you know well it's not the most expensive when you consider that you can get a, a thirty two gig or sixty four gig iPhone at a, at a higher price point. Uh, but it, yeah, they're they're positioning it right there at, at the top of the market. Do you, how do you guys think it's going to going to sell at eleven forty nine? I think if if anyone's going to buy one, they're going to buy one anyway. Yeah, I really don't think um, if you're spe- a Samsung fan yeah. will care at that point. I think if you're spending over a thousand dollars on a phone, going to twelve hundred or eleven hundred, you're not going to quibble. The the only difference I see is <clears throat> I, I am considering a new phone right now, <clears throat> and I'm considering going to Android for my iPhone. And uh, from what I'm seeing, it's a toss-up between the Xperia Z, the One, HTC One, and this. Xperia Z, I loved it heaps. Uh, it's still got my heart. Uh, the Samsung S, uh, S4 hasn't quite done anything for me. It's just a premium phone for a premium price. And I now feel like, because of the price, the Xperia Z looks like a deal. It looks like a bargain. Mm, so mm. it's like even more reason to go that way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really interesting just how how uh, how much competition we're seeing in the Android space. You know, we now have, or we will have, when the HTC One becomes available. Uh, you know, generally available, and there've been some manufacturing delays around that. We still haven't had uh, an extended hands-on with it. Only only really a short space of time with the HTC One. Uh, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how they play out uh, in the in the market. But yeah, my my pick on the Samsung is it is that it's that product that is going to have really broad appeal, much broader appeal probably than the HTC One uh, or or the Sony uh, because of factors like you talked about, such as you can pull the back off, change the battery, you can put a you know a memory card in there, and also, so on. Samsung has uh, so much advertising going on. There they have things that HTC and Sony aren't doing in the space. They, they will get mind share. Huge so, amount yeah. of mind share with the public. You know, I think these days, you know, Apple and, and Samsung are kind of the two. Samsung the, is the new the, Apple. The, the, the must-have sort of, uh, you know, brands within the technology space. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they'll, uh, they'll, they'll sell a truckload of these. And, you know, we'll, we'll ultimately end up probably seeing a mini version of it as we did before. Uh, and you know maybe maybe there'll be some other um, you know some other iterations of it as as well as as time goes on. Have any of the carriers announced any kind of plans around this for yet? Uh, t- Telecom have an offer that you can sign up to uh, right now. Uh, I'm not sure about sort of specific plans. It always seems strange to me that there should be a specific plan around around a phone, but uh, you know sometimes they use that as a as a you know, I guess the the, the long term plans now are built specifically to subsidise a phone such as uh, the Samsung Galaxy S four. So yeah, there there probably will be some plans that'll say, look, you sign up for whatever it is, one hundred and fifty dollars a month, and you get this phone for free. And really, you're paying probably fifty dollars more a month, or you know whatever that figure works out to be, than you would if you just got a SIM only equivalent plan, uh, because that plan is there, you know. Uh, to uh, you know, to to lock you in to pay off the phone um, as as much as it is to uh, uh, lock you into a good spend with. There's no such thing as a free phone, folks. So uh, it's absolutely true. Yep. I mean, the, if we go back quite a few years, there wasn't there was no difference. But now, if you actually you compare compare the plans between a you know what we're now calling a SIM only plan and a, a plan that includes a phone, you are 
absolutely paying for uh, the phone and, and, the, and the price difference. So, yeah, it's true. There's no such thing as a free phone anymore. Uh, and it's and it's a very different uh, market to uh, you know to the to the US I suppose uh, the way they handle um, their their subsidised phones as well. All right, now what's uh, what's next gadget on the agenda? I think it might be this uh, ThinkPad Helix over here. Yeah, the Windows Eight uh, tablet laptop hybrid yeah well this this is the one i played with at uh, at ces uh in in january and uh this and the sony xperia z were the two i guess sort of uh you know gadgets that really stood out to me as as being the uh, uh the things that were were exciting in vegas this year uh and so it's nice to finally get um you know extended hands-on time with the um with the lenovo thinkpad helix uh, a little bit of bad news for me though yesterday um, I'm not quite sure what's happened to it but uh, there seems to be a bit of a fault with the uh, with the dock so but if we put put that aside <laughs> and my experience prior to that catastrophic uh, and, and apparently all the other ones that have arrived in the country are all okay so um, so maybe I'll be able to get one of uh, uh, one of one of those um, shortly but uh, this is really the top of the line sort of ultrabook uh, machine uh, for Windows 8. So it's got all the nice touchy things. You can separate it into a tablet with a stylus, 10-point touch screen. It's got built-in 3G. Uh, this one's got the i5, uh, Core i5 uh, chip from Intel, but it's also available uh, with an i7. I'm not sure if those are in New Zealand yet, but the i5s are. Uh, and, a, you know, a full uh, keyboard and uh, touchpad and touchpoint and uh, and an extra battery in that in that keyboard dock, so you can get ten hours battery life on it as a laptop, and you separate it up into a tablet, and that gives you, I think, in the five to six hour range, which is uh, pretty is good. really good. Uh, for people who are having a tough time imagining this, think about those uh, old uh, ThinkPads you had for uh, for your work, the uh, IBM stuff. It's basically that. It even has the little red uh, thumb mouse button thing in the middle of the keyboard but uh, it's a lot sexier it's a lot thinner it's a uh, very it looks like a batman mobile bottom. kind of thing it's kind yeah of cool. I, I mean i think um lenovo with with a thinkpad still make you know some of the uh, some of the best uh, and most reliable sort of laptops today really really well well built and robust not as not as styly as uh you know some of the more consumer oriented uh machines but Certainly, you know, as a general rule, pretty robust and so on. I guess we'll find out whether these keyboard dock things, um, yeah, whether I was just unlucky with this one or whether there is, uh, you know, a robustness issue over uh, over time. But you know, the the design, uh, you know, generally looks pretty pretty uh, pretty good. And you're saying that the tablet by itself is uh, lighter than the Surface Pro, right? Yeah. So we've got specs that are, um, you know, that beat the Surface Microsoft's um, Surface Pro. Uh, the same uh, same uh, resolution screen at, at full uh, 1080p, uh, but uh, we've got a what size is that screen? I think it's a um, an 11.1 inch uh, screen or 11.5. Uh, and so a slightly bigger screen, but yeah, the i5. But you've also got built in there uh, the the 3G, which you know I guess for a lot of people was a sore point about the uh, the Surface Pro. Um, so it does take quite a different approach to the to the Microsoft uh, Surface because you've really you know it becomes uh, very much a full sort of 
uh, laptop or, or ultrabook once it's uh, once it's docked so it becomes a heavier device than the surface pro with its thin uh, thin keyboard but uh, you know for a lot of people uh, like me they like to be able to uh, you know rest a laptop uh, you know very easily on on a knee or on a lap and it does that um, you know somewhat uh, somewhat better than the surface pro uh, does not taking anything away from the you know the innovative design of the surface pro because that's a really cool device uh, but you know, for me, this is sort of the standout Windows 8, um, you know, hybrid tablet laptop at the moment. So, can I install Linux on it though? Why not? I, I remember reading. I mean, I haven't really followed Windows 8 and all that kind of stuff for for a while. But there was a while that they were talking about having some kind of BIOS lock or something. Oh, there is Secure Boot. Uh, most devices with Secure Boot, you can actually turn that off as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, there and and I think there there was a solution uh, you know found to being able to boot up a, a device that was fixed to uh, to secure boot to be able to boot with uh, Linux, but not something we've actually played with. So it's probably something uh, that we should have a little bit of a um, a little bit of a go with. A million dollar question here: How much is it? So this is very squarely aimed at the business market. So it is at the sort of top end uh, price point. Uh, Around the three thousand dollar mark uh, here in New Zealand, I believe um, the starting the the starting point and different specs in the U.S. market. Uh, they were talking about a fifteen hundred dollar U.S. starting uh, point. Uh, so yeah, different price points, but I think you know so, somewhat different specs. But we do pay a bit of a premium here uh, in New Zealand for a lot of products, so um, we're somewhat somewhat used to that. However frustrating it may be. So, would either of you buy one? Is this is this your sort of uh, device? Is this the sort of thing you'd use for work? No, probably not. No, mostly because I'm doing software development, so I kind of like want like a Unix environment or something where I can do big GUIs and have lots of browsers open. So, just working on a small device might not actually be that well, ideal. Well, it can. You can obviously dock it into your big screens and and that sort of thing, which is you know how how I use you know this type of device. But you would use a desktop machine, would you, Mark? A desktop or, a, or probably more of a, a more powerful laptop or something mm, that's got mm. more memory, bigger disk, yep. that kind of stuff. So, All right. And Sim? Uh, if I'm going to get something that's an ultrabook, I want to be ultralight. It's not really as light as I'd want it to be. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, well, it's really expensive. It, it is, yeah. I mean, for me, it looks like quite a good balance between both worlds but it is heavier uh, i've got to say it's a bit heavier than the um than the um hp ultrabook i'm using at the moment uh that's on my on my lap um but yeah this this hp i can't uh, separate the screen out and uh, <laughs> yeah it doesn't have touch screen or, or or 3g so yeah there's some distinct differences there uh now last uh last device up we were going to mention is um last week we talked very briefly about nokia's lumia uh, 520 launching into the market and it has indeed arrived here in New Zealand uh, this week. It's been launched at uh, $299. Uh, I think we've got one floating around here somewhere. Let me just have a little peek. Is it that one? Here it is. Um, so, yeah, that just just uh, just arrived. I actually, I think for uh, for that sort of price point, it is uh, it is pretty cool. I think they're going to sell boatloads of these. It's at that uh, you know sort of sort of point. level that you know anyone that's looking for a for a smartphone, um, you know, will be looking at you know at that price point. It, it's uh, you know basically that one. There's the Huawei at a slightly higher uh, price point in terms of the Windows phone. 
lots of Android phones uh, at that sort of price point, but I'm not sure any that are as stylish as the uh, the Nokia, and uh, the backs can swap off, so there's lots of different sort of colour backs uh, you can get, and I quite like that design also uh, from a from a strength perspective because it makes it um, you know makes it pretty tough. You can you know. I imagine this is something that a, a parent would buy their teenage daughter or son as their first kind of smartphone. It's very cheap. It's it looks pretty good. Uh, so if they're like style conscious, it's something they could give them. And mm. it, it's a nice phone. It's pretty cool. It's a good solid phone as well. It's not too flimsy or it feels good in the hand. It's a good size. It's not too big, not too small. And it seems pretty responsive. It's you know ties into the cloud, so you know you you log in with a Microsoft account, and you know the the the, the you know the bulk of your key things, text messages and 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 so on get uh, backed up to the cloud. Not to the same level as iCloud, but you know on the flip side, you don't pay for it at that service at all. Uh, so yeah, it's I mean it's good to see Android getting a bit of uh, a bit of competition uh, now at this particular end of the market because you know going back um, you know twelve months or so. Uh, there, there just was no other, uh, no other competition. So I think that'll that'll help um, you know both platforms uh, to to push forward, having a bit more competition there. Well, that's it. That uh, that really wraps us up for this week. So uh, thank you guys for uh, for joining us. Now, Sim, where do we track you down in the online realm? Well, um, I write for Idealog, i d e a l o g dot co dot nz and Stop Press. Uh, you can find my ramblings there, and I'm on Twitter, Semantics S i m Antics. Lovely, cool. Mark. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Talios T a l i o s, or on Google Plus, where I'm usually hanging out. Uh, you can also find our podcast at uh, www.illegalargument.com. Nice. And what? Tell us about a legal argument. What? Uh, what do you? What? Um, it's m- mostly Java software development and all all things related to that. A um, bit of JavaScript development. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I know we've got a few software developers amongst the audience. So uh, um, if that's uh, if that's your your bag, then uh, yeah, jump in and uh, and check it out. You're about to hit uh, episode uh, 100, right? You're at episode 99 right We're now. Episode 99 currently, yep, and the big 100 is coming up soon. Very cool. Very Cake cool. Cake and gin, anyone? Cake and gin. Well, um, hey, thank you. Uh, thank you both for joining us. Um, of course, you can track me down online, uh, paulspain.com, uh, techjungle.com, and I'm on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, all those sort of uh, platforms, at paulspain on Twitter. Uh, and for the NZ Tech Podcast, we're, uh, we're of course, on, on all of those platforms too, and you can find us at nztechpodcast.com. So thanks for listening in. Uh, we will catch you very soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.